This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith. Got my co-host, Shu, with me today. Raul couldn't make it. Had a little bit of power trouble out there in Durham, so I hope everyone's staying safe. Um, We're recording this on August 15th. Do have a couple special guests with us. We're very fortunate to have Noah, Nick, and Dave Bradley from Duke's creative team to join us. So going to do it a little bit differently. Instead of having a whole crew come at once, we're going to do these in kind of installments here. Um, so we'll chat with Nolan first a little bit. He's the senior assistant director of creative video at Duke. Then we'll have Nick come on and talk a little bit about player branding. And then we'll wrap it up with Dave um, talking a little bit about just kind of the content that we've been putting out, um, what's been going on behind the scenes, just some big picture stuff. Uh, so again, we're just super thankful for these guys coming on, taking their time. Um, and we look forward to kind of kind of getting to chat it up. So uh, let's get into it. All right. Well, we're really happy to have Noah Ellingberg here with us. Uh, I mentioned this in the intro a little bit. Noah is the Senior Assistant Director of Creative Video at Duke. Um, Noah has been here a while, so I think I was looking, joined back in 2012, um, originally from Greensboro, so from the area, native. My first question is, we kind of know this is an other blue state here. I'm sorry, we're in Charlotte. We grew up all around it, too. Um, so when you joined Duke, was that sort of like we hear the dream school getting tossed around a lot? Is this just job opportunity? Were you uh, on the other side at one point? What did that look like for you coming up? Absolute dream job. Yeah, lifelong Duke fan. Thanks to my parents. Um, got me on the on the right bus. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, from Greensboro, um, yeah, I've, I've always loved Duke. And this was, you know, I wanted to grow up and be a Duke basketball player. Wasn't quite good enough. So tried to do uh, the next best thing and, um, you know, was able to to land a job working at Duke and um, work my way to, to working with the team and for Coach K. And I mean, it's, it has truly been a dream come true. Yeah, I mean, because you've seen pretty much – I mean, that's almost that's over 10 years now. It's kind of dating ourselves a little bit here going back. What has kind of like changed in that regard? Because I know I've been following DBP probably ugh, since like 07, 08 on the early yeah. interwebs, you know, back then. It was yeah. dark times a little bit. So mm-hmm. what's been the biggest like evolution you've seen in the last decade? I think, I mean, I can remember still getting the, uh, the magazine, the Duke Blue Planet <laughs> magazine when I was, uh, I guess I would have been in middle or high school back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, to see what kind of Dave has done with the DBP brand has been pretty revolutionary from the magazine to the website. Um, and then he got in to the social media game, like at the, at the perfect time. Mm-hmm and built that up. Um, 
mainly as a recruiting tool and, and for the fans. And it's just kind of grown from there. And um, you've seen the latest kind of rendition of it being uh, Duke Blue Planet with the video series um, that we've had a, a number of um, great people working on over the years. And yeah, I mean, I think um, they've had a keen eye for, for where, for the direction that it should go in. Um, going from magazine website, social media, and kind of just taking it by storm. And, um, you know, it's, I've been fortunate to, to be a part of that brand for sure. And then, you know, speaking of it being a recruiting tool, um, you know, when you come along in 2012, that's right after we have Kyrie, you get Austin, you start going on this run of just big time recruits for the next, I mean, it's still going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, you know, we were kind of swinging and missing on a, lo a lot of those. And we've talked about that on this, you know, podcast before. So, you know, what's it been like just seeing, I mean, ultra talented kids coming into the, to the program year after year after year um, and just being around those guys. Yeah. I mean, I think every year we feel like we have a chance to win it all um, because of guys like that. And it makes it exciting. You know, you, you go into every season, maybe, you know, not knowing exactly what things are going to look like. Um, don't usually have a lot of guys coming back like we do this year. Um, but I think it, it's, I mean, it's been exciting and the talent um, that we've gotten to work with is just incredible. Zion, the Tatums, I mean, all these guys are just amazing basketball players, even better people. And, um, you know, you uh, create relationships with them while they're in school and, and it just kind of, it stays as part of the brotherhood. It, you know, it, it's not just the players, but the staff feel it too. And, um, you know, we connected with Jason Tatum in Chicago and it's just like, you know, you pick up right where you left off and, you know, he's pumped to see everybody. And, um, yeah, I mean, the brotherhood is, is real and it's, it's, it's crazy to see in person. Yeah. Hey, well, we see you guys at like summer league and I'll see Dave and like random players, like weddings and stuff like this. Right. So mm -hmm. it it does seem to carry, um, that, that banter a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the video creation process. So could you kind of just like in, in, on a micro level here, kind of walk us through like what it looks like for you day to day and like what all goes into this and like, how do you even start this kind of process? Yeah, I think, um, it starts with our group meeting and just tossing ideas out. And I think we have like a formula for certain things that we want to cover, but I think our biggest thing is we want to tell the players stories, the coaches stories, the program stories, and kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and give everyone kind of behind the scenes. Look, I think, um, you know, there was maybe like a certain mystique to the program and you didn't really see much, um, for a while until video became popular and then social media became popular and um, kind of carried the torch with that. And it's really just to, you know, show a different side of our guys, show their personalities. Um, I think that's, you know, some of the best stuff that we're able to work on is when it gets, um, gets personal with the guys and then they have input. And um, I think, where we're located in Cameron, we're in between our office um, is in between the meal room and the hallway that um, goes to the locker room. Mm -hmm. So the guys are always like coming by and 
they'll just pop in if they have an idea for something. So, you know, we work pretty hand in hand with them. I can think back to Paulo when he was here um, the summer before his freshman year, Paulo and AJ and Trevor, those guys would just like come into our office all the time, just hang out and um, try and get to know us. And um, we've got freshmen this year that are, that are like that too. Um, last year's guys. So it's, it's really collaborative and, it's cool to see our players um, be kind of mindful in that area and, and help us with ideas. Um, you get to know a player um, like a, for me, like the Jones family, that was mm-hmm. like a big feature that, um, that I worked on. One of, one of the videos I'm most proud of um, you get to know them and you know, their story and you get to know their mom and you see mm-hmm. like how tough she is. And then you're like, Oh, that's where they get it from. And then they do these incredible things on the court. And you're like, well, we have to tell this story. Like we mm-hmm. have to, um, you know, there are great opportunities at Duke to tell uh, some pretty incredible stories. You mentioned kind of taking it to a personal level, getting more intimate. Um, probably most of our audience here has already watched this video and correct me if I'm wrong here, no one, but I think you kind of were really involved in the Derek Lively video um, and mm-hmm. put that out and told his story and his mom and his dad and um, really touching. Uh, what was that was that kind of shifts away a little bit, I think, right? Because a lot of the content is more team oriented um, not so much on the individual level and then here we have i think she kind of said this almost like a mini 30 for 30 and the the yeah. way it kind of you know affected us fans um mm-hmm. talk about that process a little bit like who broached that idea was that kind of Derek wanting to tell the story was it a, a kind of a combination just what all went into that yeah that was um another one super grateful to be able to tell Derek and his family's story. Um, what an incredible guy. Mm. Just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Derek Lively and his mom. Um, so, you know, sometime during the year, um, it just came up in conversation that kind of, he had, um, you know, been through a lot and, um, the NIL part of it, I think really stood out to me as like, the first thing that he did when he got his NIL money was, you know, help his mom and buy his um, dad's tombstone. I was like, that's, that's an uncommon thing for Mm -hmm. an 18 year old kid to do. And, you know, people need to know, like if, if they're okay with it, you know, what, what what kind of guy he is. And, um, you know, I think Derek in, in working with him on that, he, he gave one of the best interviews I've ever, you know, heard a student athlete give. I mean, so open and trusted us um, to tell his story the right way. And his mom, his mom as well. Um, we got her before one of the games. And um, yeah, I, I think, you know, working with Derek too, he was able to send me family photos and I could text him and, like, hey, you know, it'd be great if we could include this this part. And he's like, no problem, and send it right away. Um, yeah, that I'm glad you guys liked it. I mean, it means a lot. Um, yeah, I think we we kind of we knew we wanted to tell the story, and then we kind of gathered more information about it throughout the year, and then we're like, you know, we want as many people to see this as possible. 
and we put it out right before the um the oral roberts game and um you know pretty thankful that it had uh had a big big impact and then i mean even espn reached out yeah yeah and we're like hey uh we're going to do something similar to this for the NBA draft. And you basically send us like all of your stuff from this. So that was cool to, to have that included with, with the draft coverage and, um, and Derek going, uh, going to the Mavs as, a, as another Duke lottery pick. Love to yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, we, we, as a fan, just on that, you know, I, I, I love for the younger kids that are growing up, like when I was a kid and, you know, really started attaching to Duke would, would have loved to have had this to have stories about you know the capel family and whatnot mm-hmm. you know growing up in the in the mid 90s um so just thankful for everything you guys do like you said shedding that light because as josh said touching story and we've had you know a lot of players with similar kind of stories like that you know you mentioned mm-hmm. the jones family or um you know quinn cook you know or nolan smith and you know not having their fathers around and coach k kind of being that that second father to him. So, you know, it's just, it's nice getting to see that personal aspect as, as a fan. Yeah, for sure. Cause I appreciate the genuineness of it. And, you know, as a fan and starting to kind of dabble in this media stuff to like, I respect the media answers that have to be given, right? Like mm-hmm. in certain contexts, but I think what y'all do such a great job of, and probably because there is that familiarity, we're just right down the hall is it, it's breaking that a little bit, right? It's like allowing vulnerability to be there. It's allowing kind of spontaneous creation and humor to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way that it blends kind of like pop culture of the players, but still relating to like, you know, people like myself in my mid thirties and some of the old heads that are still out there. Uh, I remember what was it? I think a couple years ago, right around COVID, it might've been the 1920 or the 2021 Y'all did like the laugh now, cry later with Drake and you got Kay in there and Joey Baker's driving the golf cart. Like that's probably way up there for me in terms of just uh, some of the content. Do you have like a favorite video or a favorite kind of um, something that y'all put out that just stands out to you in that regard? Oh, man. Um, So many over the years. Um, I, I love our uniform reveals that we've done. Um, the last one was fun with the Cameron Brotherhood unis with the mm-hmm. arcade. Um, I mean, personally, I'm super biased, but um, Zion <laughs> doing uh, our gender reveal was that like, oh, yeah, yep, yep. I mean, that's my easy answer. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll go with Zion doing that. Um, just what a guy to to want to do something like that. And then that became like one of our most viewed videos uh, on Twitter ever. Uh, so that was kind of crazy to see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's definitely a good one to, uh, to take away from, especially when you have a, a, a larger than life kind of figure in Zion, right. That just is mm-hmm. super personable. Um, well, I guess I don't want to take too much of your time. So I'm going to pivot and talk a little bit about uh, the recent brotherhood kind of podcast that's came about. I listed the one yesterday with Theo John, another phenomenal one. Um, what went into that? Like what, where did that conversation start? I'm assuming this has kind of been in the works for quite a while before y'all started rolling it out. And then the second part, what led to Ryan Young kind of being selected as the host? Was he involved in wanting to start that? Did y'all just kind of say, Hey, this would be something cool for you to do. Like what, what all went into that? Yeah. So we had kind of always tossed around the idea of doing a podcast and maybe calling it the, the brotherhood podcast, but we couldn't, we never really nailed anything down. And then 
uh, Ryan Young um, came to us and like, he's like, Hey, you know, I'd like to kind of get a little bit more out there and um, maybe have a career in, in media, something like that. Um, so he kind of pitched it to us and we were like, let's, yeah, let's do it. And I uh, kind of jumped at the opportunity to, to produce it um, and work alongside him. But yeah, it was a lot of credit to, to Ryan for that. Um, yeah. I have a, I have a background working with podcasts. So it was a, an easy, easy yes for me to, to be a part of this. And it's been, uh, it's been great. I, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, top, yeah, top tier. Yeah. yeah. Ryan's great at it too. You yeah. Know? He is really, he's really good. good. Yeah. 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 He's, he's a natural. Um, yeah. Not much coaching with Ryan at all. And um, it's very conversational. He, he does a great job, even with, you know, guys he doesn't know. Guys mm. he hadn't played with, uh, Wojo. Theo, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Quinn, that, I think he like really knocked out of the park with the Quinn interview. Yeah. He did that a was really a, good yeah. job. That was a great one. And you mentioned that, that Jones. That one right uh, after Chicago, right? So they had been together because yeah. that's how everybody was in Chicago, it seemed like. Yeah. We, yeah. we recorded that um, in Chicago. And, uh, you know, Quinn didn't have a lot of time, but he's one of the best, super generous guy. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome to have him back. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, no one would really appreciate it. And I'll just kind of plug this. If you're taking requests, we'd love to see the Jones brothers together on one of these pods. That would be yes. really cool. So uh, I'd maybe, love we that can, too. Make, maybe we can make that happen. I know those guys are super busy and still playing and um, a lot of great things in their future too. So no one, we appreciate it. We got Nick coming in right behind you. Um, so appreciate your time, man, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks yep, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right. We want to thank no one again for coming on and taking some time to join us. Uh, we're going to take a short little break here and then we'll be back to talk about Nick and we'll talk a little bit about player branding um, and kind of what goes into that approach and what DBP is doing and just all the visibility that we've seen lately from those guys. So we'll get into that in just a second. Welcome back, and we want to welcome in Nick Colisimo. Did I say that right? Colisimo, right? Colisimo. There <laughs> yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave that in there just so people can get some laughs at me. Um, you know, oh, Nick's the Associate Director of Player Branding at Duke, so we're very thankful to have him come on. Um, previously, he worked at Arizona, so we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. There's a big game coming up. Did some work with Rutgers football, Georgia basketball. Uh, so he kind of has his eyes around the league a little bit, so we'll talk a little bit about um, some of the differences and how different programs handle this stuff and kind of what that looks like. Um, so first up, Nick, I guess we'll kind of start with with that. Could you just talk to us a little bit about your role in, in this creative kind of um, empire that Duke has right now and like how long kind of you've been there and just kind of what 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 behind the scenes kind of looks like on a day to day basis for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be like in this position. I'm going into my second year here. I joined uh last week of august last year um and prior to that i was the director of branding for the university of arizona's basketball program and so in my current role i work directly with a lot of our guys on their their player brands now with this whole new nil era there's a lot more focus on their behaviors on social media uh trying to monetize that and also creating a lot of content for the team pages helping uh david nolan with strategy collaborating on projects and really just helping out wherever we can uh around the facility whether it be game day stuff you know um graphics around the facility, uh, recruiting shoots, like whatever it may be. Like we just sort of had a, our hand in a lot of different things. And um, 
keeps things fun, keeps things interesting. Uh, there's no better place to do it than at Duke. What was the, like, was there a sales pitch to you or like when Duke calls or when that position opens up, like what went into that? Like, okay, this is the right season for me to jump or this is where I want to be. Or what was that like? Uh, to be frank, it was the hardest decision I've ever made. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, uh, I'm from Kentucky, so I had no family out West and I had no real allegiances to the university of Arizona. Um, so that was a big hurdle for me there and coming to Duke, uh, my dad did his medical residency at Duke. My brother did his undergrad at Duke, uh, and his work did his medical residency at Duke. So there were some Duke connections for me here. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like it was a family decision and it was also very, very hard to turn down the biggest branding like college sports. Mm. Yeah. That, it's a, it's a, I didn't want to put it out there too much, but it seems <laughs> to be what I think when Dave was on last summer, I kind of made the parallel to like Walter White break. I just build an empire of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I guess that's a good enough segue as any, what, what's the difference in Duke's branding, Duke's kind of like social media marketing, just creative process versus what you've seen kind of across the college landscape. Me and she were just talking of, Obviously, you know, the algorithms, the way they work, we're going to see a lot of Duke stuff, but I've got UNC friends, like friends of mine that have already said that like, you know, Duke is in its own category with this stuff, like what they've done the last decade plus, it's just, it's unprecedented from these other universities. So what what does that look like for you? And since you've kind of been around a little bit? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is Dave's involvement and mm-hmm. his just passion for all of this, because, um, he cares about it more than maybe anybody in the country and he's more in tune with it than anybody I've ever met. And so uh, I think the most valuable thing for me in my t- time here has been learning from him and just seeing the way he goes about things because he thinks differently and is on a completely different wave than, than anybody else I've come across. I think his, his direction, his guidance and his feel for things has really been the main reason why Duke has taken off. I mean, you could, you could talk about the kind of guys that have come through having a figure like coach K there, but at the end of the day, like you've got to have somebody leading that wave in stride with what the program is doing. And he's had a great feel for that. But also I think that we have such a good collaborative environment and it's a very, very healthy creative environment where there are no bad ideas. We get, we get together almost every day to talk about what can we do better? What can we do next? uh, And what can we do that no one else has done? I think those kind of conversations that we have on a day-to-day basis really help us stay on the forefront of things and really just, maintain that hunger for, you know, staying in front. Mm. And so since you've kind of came in recently, um, what, what's been your perception of the brotherhood, right? I think there's an outside sort of perception of kind of like, okay, well, you know, everyone has a family or like you can put whatever label you want to on this. Everyone we talk to internally, um, even some of the newer guys, we've heard Ryan Young talk about it on y'all's podcast, Theo John, um, about the the genuineness of it. What has been your experience like with that? Like, what is the like creative brotherhood, I guess, look like for you guys? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed from the brotherhood is just the willingness of the guys to lift each other up, regardless of what era they've come through, regardless of what stage of life they're in, regardless of what they're doing now. But just the willingness of them to bond and to to converse and to exchange experiences and offer guidance has been a big thing for me to see. Because, I, I mean, nowhere that I've been, that hasn't really been the case. Uh, from a creative standpoint, I, it's it's very easy to go out and make a highlight video when Jason Tatum is putting up 50 points on a given night. Um, but we like to show love to as many guys as we can and uh, really capitalize on um, all the guys in the league. I don't know if you've 
you watch the the Blue Planet episodes that we did this season where we went to Charlotte and went to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got with all sorts of guys, and it was incredibly valuable, and they loved being a part of it. And um, one of the coolest moments I've had since coming here is, like, we're down in Orlando. I've never met Jalen Johnson. I've never met A.J. Griffin. But I came come down wearing Duke stuff. And they both approached me and started talking to me um, just about Duke and how much they love Duke and their experiences at Duke. And so that was a very, very cool experience. And that was the moment that I really realized that it is a real thing and, like, guys are passionate about it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like you have to like manufacture it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seems very genuine. It seems very authentic. Um, and so I think that's something that allows us to stand out a little bit. Obviously, it helps when you've had a coach that's been there for 40 years and you've had all these draft picks, you have all these guys in the league. Um, but still, I think, you know, not to take shots at anyone else, there's a lot of blue bloods. There's a lot of big programs out there putting guys out and they don't have the visibility that I think Duke has right now. Um a little slightly biased there, but that's just just my opinion. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about the intentionality that goes through it. Nolan kind of said it was almost kind of like a war room, like everybody sits down in a, in a big room, we're throwing ideas out. Like I have this like kind of Google workspace in my head here. Um, but what goes into like, okay, we're intentionally going to try to like highlight this, or we want to be very intentional about how we kind of bring visibility to a certain thing, whether that's K Academy, whether that's alumni, summer league, recruiting, whatever that is, like, what does that look like? Like, what do these kind of war room kind of sessions look like for you guys? So we really have it split into sort of two, two main areas where, you know, one, if you look at a game day, we are out of, like, we do not control the storyline. We don't control what's going to happen. We have to roll with it. And the other one is like a K Academy or a banquet where we are in complete control of what's happening and like, we can capture it as we wish. So with both of those, we have a set of basics uh, that we really want to capture across the board, which is normally like have a couple photo posts ready to go of key moments uh, that we know are going to happen or we think will happen. Um, and then have some video ideas of couple, two or three maybe potential video ideas that could come of this. Or if it's a preset thing, a couple of video ideas that we know will happen. And so once once we accomplish our basics and our basic goals, that's when we really have the freedom to be more creative and to say, this might be cool if we did this. This might be cool if we did that. If a guy has 40 points on a given night, that's a time for where we can adapt and switch and say, we're going to highlight him because he had 40 points. We'll do a post just of him. Um, stuff like that. Like It really isn't, uh, I guess, after doing this for so long, um, it feels natural. So <laughs> explaining it is kind of uh, a weird phenomenon, but it is. Uh, we, we really just have like a, a set basic plan that we adapt off of. Uh, based on what's happening in front of us. Well, and it's a creative process. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to define creativity, right? Whether that be music, art, like whatever you're doing, there's just an organic kind of nature to it. I think that you probably just have to be in the room to experience, you know, it's like being in Abbey Road or something when the Beatles are recording, you just kind (laughs) of had to have been there. Um, But in terms of like branding specifically, because that's kind of like where your, your forte is, what is that like, what does branding mean like for your role, like I'm assuming there's a lot of individual work. We had Mark Mitchell on like over the summer and, you know, he's got his kind of own brand that's like encapsulated with Duke. And um, how do you balance like the individual nature of working with guys one-on-one versus this is Duke brand, this is Duke men's basketball brand. And we want to kind of be specific to that. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So when we think of a guy's brand, we really think of it as a web of all the things he's connected to and all the things he's associated with. Right. And so obviously for each one of these guys, they are attached to the Duke brand, Duke basketball, Duke University. They're automatically attached to their teammates brands. Um, 
So anything they're associated with, that's that's sort of the web, whether it's their interests, stuff like that. And so as like the coaches develop guys on the floor, we like we like to train the guys and develop them off the floor. We want them to have a good understanding of the kind of personality they want to come across on social media, the kind of things that they want to be associated with, whether those are like potential endorsement deals, something that they really need to show their interest in for a brand to approach them. So if a guy likes a fashion brand, he's wearing it out, he's posting about it, like the fashion brand may approach him. Um, and when it comes to like game stuff, if you look at a guy like Tyrese, uh, Tyrese may not put up 25 points on a given night, but that doesn't mean that he didn't have a great game or he's not a great teammate. So we want to encourage guys to, uh, you know, post, lift each other up. Uh, it, even, I guess, let's say he had six points and 12 assists. Post about his teammates. Post about making the team better. Like, be present yourself as the team guy. Um, so we want to help these guys understand how they can present themselves and how they can position themselves in the fan base's eyes, in the eyes of scouts, in the eyes of brands, um, because the social media side of it is just the window that everybody's looking through. And they control it completely from their pages. And so we want to make sure that they're, they know exactly what they're doing, they're intentional with their posts, and they understand how it's going to come across to whatever audience is viewing it. Mm. So for you then, does this start before these guys ever even get to campus, like during the recruiting process, or like maybe once they've signed and it's kind of official, do you start similar to the coaching staff, like that relationship building, figuring out kind of guys' personality, like, because you mentioned coaching too, and I'm assuming y'all have to do a lot of just kind of like media coaching or like, hey, how do you want to present? How do you want to be? Like, what message are we trying to send here? Let's hear some options. When does that start for for you and, and like your team and like what kind of goes into building a relationship for a brand? Yeah. And there, so there are some, I mean, obviously some limitations when it comes to like recruits and stuff like that. And sure. contract we, we can't have, um, but we, we will view from afar. We'll get a feel for the way they act, the way they present themselves, uh, the kind of stuff that they post and the kind of uh, people and brands uh, they associate themselves with. And so w- when they come in, we, we really have a good feel for who they are, or at least who they present themselves to be. And so that's sort of where we, we have our, our start from. So this freshman class, we knew exactly where each guy sort of was. And so each guy's gotten some different treatment as they've been in here. We've had sit down meetings with them talking about, you know, maybe this is what you should do during the summer. These are some ideas that we can bring to you when you come back. Um, And just being hands on as much as we can, just making sure they're comfortable and making sure they understand what all goes into it. Sure. I would imagine a guy kind of like a, a Jared McCain, for instance, say. <laughs> comes in with a huge kind of social media following, a big presence, seems very comfortable in front of a camera. Um, you can I'll probably almost just kind of hand it to him and just kind of let him go to work where the other guys, maybe you have to kind of get used to that. You have to get out of your shell a little bit. You have to kind of figure out like what that's going to look like. Um, well, it- for, for these guys, like they have all been incredible. Like you hand them any of them a camera and it's it's great content. Um, they've all oh, been so- yeah foster and McK- i mean obviously foster was great in chicago from that that last episode you guys did which oh, yeah. i love by the way you guys did a 16 minute episode there wasn't a single basketball in it and i watched the whole thing <laughs> you know that but that's the kind of stuff like we love to see that like i was talking to nolan about i didn't get to see that side of the players that i idolized as a kid so like these kids right. that are growing up now today can see this stuff and it's just it's just been amazing to have yeah. Definitely. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I actually grew up watching it too. So um, they, Duke Blue Planet was the reason that I wanted to go into this field. So for me, it was a sort of full circle moment to to start producing these episodes. 
Yeah, awesome. yeah, we've been following DBP for a long time. I think like, like when we had Dave on last summer from the early kind of website, like to the like the little newsletter type kind of push outs to where we are now. It's just an empire that he's built. Um, and it's really cool, I think, for fans to be able to have that visibility, because, you know, if you if you weren't a Duke student or alumni, you know, Duke kind of is its own fortress, even tucked away in Durham, it's surrounded by trees. Right. It's got a mystique to it. Uh, and I think the work that y'all have done has really just opened that up to a, just a bigger audience, like a more kind of public kind of presence there. Um, I think the analytics and the numbers behind that kind of speak for themselves. You know, we see all the graphics about most watch, most viewed and all that stuff. Um, and it's rare not to see Duke in the top three in that. So I, I think the job is, is done well. Um, have you ever ran into a situation where maybe like an individual like player's brand versus like, trying to like make sure we we monitor the duke brand itself has that ever conflicted in any way or has there ever been any kind of like um i don't know anything that's kind of came up to where okay we have to sit down and really think about this we have to think about how we want this to look because it's going to represent not just you but duke in general and you know the brotherhood does that ever come up or is it just pretty kind of straightforward with these guys uh uh not that i've experienced i mean we've got guys that the biggest companies in the in the country want to work with so uh, normally when they're approached with things like it's very, very high level, very, very legitimate. And it normally doesn't get to the end stages unless it is like one of those really veritable brands that guys want to be associated with. Okay. Yeah. Do y'all have to like insulate or like gatekeep for certain guys? Do you have to kind of like, you know, Hey, these guys are coming in trying to get to our players. Like maybe, you know, they're not very reputable or shady sources. Like do y'all, is there like a bubble to that or does just everything come in and y'all just kind of filter and sift through it? Uh, there's a limit on like the kind of contact we can have with them. And um, I believe it's just like providing like our advice is, mm-hmm. is much we can do. Um, so, that, that, I mean, there have been moments when like guys want to do deals that, you know, don't reflect well on them or don't reflect well on the program. And it's it's one of those things where you just sort of, you sort of get them to understand that like, it's not going to be a smart move for them, regardless of how much they're going to be paid for it. Yeah. Somebody was in, endorsing big baller brand shoes. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. We don't yes. need guys breaking their feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh we've had enough of like lower leg foot yeah, kind of freak yeah. things happen at Duke that yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know. Something's in the in the water or something. But um Nick, again, we, we really appreciate your time. I don't want to take too much more. Do you have a favorite kind of player that you've worked with or a favorite moment or experience or any kind of creative thing that y'all have done that really stands out for you. It could be at Duke or anywhere else you've been. Uh, the one moment that sticks with me the most was coming off of the floor. So uh, my year at Arizona, come off the floor, we had lost uh, in the Sweet 16 to Houston. And uh, we're walking out of the locker room. Dalen Terry, who's now with the Chicago Bulls, comes up to me. Um, and he said, um, he goes, uh, Whenever like I had a bad moment this year, like I look over on the baseline, I just see you with that dumb smile on your face. Like, I'm always thinking, like, what the hell is he smiling about? Because that's just like so indicative of my personality and the fact that, like he noticed that during the game and like brought it up to me like in that sort of arena. Uh, it just like stuck with me so much. I was like, wow, that's why yeah. yeah. I'm over eight and I look over and see Nick just having the time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, camera on. Yeah, got it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Nick, again, we really appreciate it. Um, yep. I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Anything coming up that, you know, you want to plug or that we should be on the lookout for? I know the season's right around the corner here. Um, anything kind of in the works that can be leaked, uh, I guess. 
just great season of Blue Planet coming up. Uh, big matchup, second game of the season that I'm, that I'm looking forward to. And, yep. uh, other than that, I mean, just stay tuned because I think we'll, we'll do some cool stuff this year and uh, hopefully shake things up a bit. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we appreciate it, man. Um, thanks for coming on and taking your time. I know you guys are busy, so uh, we'll let you get out of here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We want to thank Nick again for coming on and giving us time. We're going to take a short break and then we'll have Dave Bradley on to kind of wrap up here. We'll kind of finish out our talk of Duke Blue Planet um, and all the content that's been coming out from Duke men's basketball. Uh, do a little big picture stuff and have maybe even a little bit of conference realignment. So we have that coming up in just a second. All right. Well, we're very happy to be able to welcome Dave Bradley back on. Dave was here with us last summer. So, um, you know, I, I kind of say this, Dave, you come on twice. Now you're a friend of the pod. So whether you like that or not like that, we're, we're happy to have you back. Um, for those that have been under a rock or don't know, Dave's the creative director for Duke, Duke Means Basketball, um, been on the staff for over 15 years, Duke grad, author, started Duke Blue Planet way back when everyone was on the interwebs. We were doing kind of websites, newsletters, kind of getting all those things going. A little different time now. Uh, so we'll talk about that stuff. Um, we'll kind of just jump in here. So, Dave, we just talked to Nolan and Nick, uh, kind of guys, a part of your team about what goes on behind the scenes. For We talked a little bit with them, but I think for me, it's this this opening up of visibility seems to be very intentional in the last few years here, which is the amount of content. It's more than just top plays. We've had the Derek Lively video, which kind of shoe reference is almost like a 30 for 30 for Duke fans, really. Um, we've had kind of player specific stuff. We've had summer league stuff. We've had alumni. We've got the Brotherhood podcast. Theo John was just on the most recent one. Guys like Quinn Cook coming back around. Um, what's that been like for you and your team in terms of this intentional kind of this is what we want to put out. This is what how we want to do it. What does it look like? How do we get from A to B? Like, what does that behind the scenes stuff look like for you guys? Yeah, first of all, thanks for the uh generous uh, friend of the program <laughs> uh, classification. I'll take it. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think it starts way zoomed out, right? Like understanding and getting buy-in, really going back to Coach K that uh, social media is, is important. It's an opportunity. Um, it's a storefront window into us and into our story. And and then you got to really understand like social media, right? The, the, the algorithms, the different channels, different platforms, identifying your target audiences and, and living where those target audiences live and spend time and creating content, uh, you know, of course that, that caters to them. So, you know, in my role, I spent a lot of time over the years. Uh, and I think it's, and it's a credit really to coach K, you know, my position even has existed all these years where, um, I've been out in front of it, two steps ahead and, and having a role where I can really like observe and study and, and have relationships with folks involved on the social media side. And of course we've like, grown the team since, but um, I've taken a lot of pride in, in trying to understand like the landscape um, broadly. And then of course, like I've lived Duke basketball for a number of years. I've been very passionate about it. I was very passionate about it um, from the time I was in college I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in some ways like a fan, even though I work for the team, obviously it's in, it's in my heart. So I understand that side of things really, really well and, and love it. And that never gets old. So, um, you know, you understand, you understand the big picture, you understand the, the, the brand and, and, and then 
you know, talking to the coaches, talking to, you know, the Knicks and the Nolans and huddling up and, 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 and really leveraging all of our resources in the direction of, of what makes sense. And um, I think we all understand and you guys, you guys see it, right? Like one is one of the biggest differentiators, if not the biggest uh, at this point is our brand, why a kid would want to go to Duke first, um, you know, a peer school, a competitor, uh, our brand is a big part of it. So um, we got to understand that we got to understand what that means. we got to really leverage that. Um, and so, you know, recently, I think you've seen with, with coach Shire, maybe a slight change there, um, trying to be maybe a little bit more accessible. Of course, like coach K had this very established brand that was built over a number of years. And so, um, you know, coach Shire strategically probably should be more accessible to us and our creative team. And so, you know, we've tried to, to show him a little bit more without like going crazy. Cause you can't just be this like stark dramatic change um, from, from what it was. So, um, and then, and then really leaning in, I think on the long form content a bit more, like you guys mentioned um, this past year, we really, really put resource into our YouTube channel. Um, of course, Duku plan had been important to us, but, but uh, those long form stories, I, that's, we've really separated ourselves in, in the, in the college sports space, certainly in the men's college basketball space on YouTube um, there's a, there's a, there's a story you can tell, you can tug at the heartstrings a lot more, evoke emotion so much more with long form content. And we've tried to do that where we can, it takes a lot more time and it can be frustrating when 10 second TikTok video that took five minutes blows up and you spend hours on a, you know, long form video and doesn't do the same numbers. But, um, you know, it's, I think it, we, we still recognize the importance of it. You mentioned the lively feature. Um, we want to do more of that, that type of content, the podcast as well, really to get those stories out. Um, you know, because, because that's important. And then the NIL are more important than ever. Of course, um, you, you want to get the stories out, um, of our players. So, uh, their brands can be recognized and understood and they can stand out as well. So, and a long answer to, uh, to a short question for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know, at least for me, you know, thanks to you, Dave, I felt like I've known John for, for a long time because DBP started when John was playing, you know, I think I watched a video you guys did of him and Gerald going through their apartment, like it was MTV cribs. Right. Like, so just getting to know those guys on a personal level, like from that, it's just been awesome for us as fans to be able to see that. And then like you mentioned the YouTube page, I mean, you guys, it started out just being like top five plays, you know, stuff like that. And then it's now we're doing film room sessions and we're doing devil's grind where you're showing these freshmen, you know, introducing them to, to everybody. So we're just really appreciative of everything you guys have done and, and continue to do. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Appreciate that. It's crazy. So, you know, I I dive in on, on all the numbers and whatever. And so we work with Nielsen. You guys probably know Nielsen. Yeah. They're kind of an, a global standard for TV ratings and, and social and beyond. And um, so this past year, the two social channels that brought the most value uh, through us to Duke based on visibility, exposure, eyeballs, all the things, engagement. Number one, TikTok. Number two is YouTube. And, and most of our competitors don't have a YouTube channel. So um, that was that was cool to see. I think it, it sort of spoke to like the strategy that I mentioned on the front end. Like we're trying to see the trends. 17 of our top 20 best performing posts as far as reach were shot on iPhone this past year, right? So that's going to be TikTok content. That's going to mean having students and people on staff filming like every home game on iPhone um, and, and under, you know, again, understanding like the landscape so we can kind of double down and, and be in the right spaces, uh, in the right places. Mm. 
how how much of the like predictive analytics do you get into like what does that because you can start to get in this kind of like vortex if you're not careful right when you're trying to predict a trend or predict a, like okay like what's the perfect kind of medium here or you know do i drop this at 6 a.m or 8 a.m you know what all of the stuff that goes into it like how do you I guess at some point, like, how do you step away from it? Because you can kind of just get stuck and lost in these spaces here. We've counted it on a micro level here with just a podcast. So for you guys, like, how do you kind of synthesize the, and almost like coaching, right? Synthesize the analytics, but then still be able to like, okay, step away. This is good. Let's do it like this. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, we've always like recognized, you got to understand, like, First of all, what, like we're just a, a college basketball program, so we're not going to crunch the numbers and spend six figures on an analytics tool. Like that's not what we're doing. Um, and, and also, if we're just chasing engagement, right? You're not going to have every post just be about Jared McCain or Zion or what or five second TikTok or whatever. Like, of course. Um, so there's 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 a balance. Um, I think I just try to understand. We try to understand it like very broadly, um, right? Like study what our top performing posts are you see okay it's shot an iphone what does that mean and you know and make make decisions based off that but um you can't get too in the weeds the other thing i'd say sometimes for our content right like an audience of one or two or ten is the most important audience for that particular content and whether that could be a recruit a group of recruits a player a recruit parent or whatever the case may be um a a current player uh and so like in that case, like the goal of the content isn't to go crazy or lean in on some analytics trend. It's to appeal to that group or that target audience and evoke emotion with them and get their attention and get them their affinity for Duke or whatever it may be up. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're we're definitely in tune, you know, in, in that way. And in some ways, the audience of one or ten or one hundred or whatever smaller can be more important than being the most followed program, whatever the case may be, um, as well. We recently saw the video of uh, Jared giving a little smack talk to to uh, Rashid, right? Has he ever, you know, smack talked to you about how many TikTok, you know, views he gets on his own channel? No, you know, Jared, he uh, he's an impressive guy. I think people uh, will be intrigued to, to learn more about him and, and his story, right? You know him for his, his TikTok content. I think he gains everybody's attention that way. But this dude is, first of all, like the ultimate team player, super focused, um, and also not just like about the TikTok part. So um, he's chill, like team player. He'll do anything we ask. Obviously, we're there for him. So it's been a good, a good vibe with him so far. Mm-hmm. He's he's an impressive dude. I had kind of one question here too. As y'all grown and now, well, not just now, but probably over the last seven, eight years, um, it, it's almost shifted to okay, now instead of just having Duke players, we can have Duke alumni. We have the Jason Tatums of the world in the league, the Wendell Carters, the Grayson Allen, insert the 30 other guys that are there. Um, And now in the last year or two, now there's also kind of a networking agent with NIL and with player agents and all of this others. How much time, energy, kind of what does the network look like for you guys? Are y'all working like when you shoot a summer league video or you have Jason, do you have to go through Boston Celtics to to do all that? Or do you have to go through his agent? Like, what does that look like as you start to kind of expand this thing? Yeah. I mean, we talked about, we talked about on the front end, you know, defining the brand, understanding what's important. Of course, the brotherhood is as important as anything. And, and really, I I think any of us ever knew the brother was going to be as big as it's become, 
the the genesis of it was in part in large part to uh put us in a different position for when the day came that coach k was going to retire and maybe we didn't think it was going to be as soon as it was um so i think we've all understood the importance of it. it's resonated with recruits and all that so um and of course like me being around as long as i have you had nolan on nolan's been around for a long long time we take a lot of pride in it and in some ways it's one of the best parts of the job right as you see a guy come in whether it's you know a mega star like jason tatum or a grayson allen i was just at emil jefferson's wedding and i'm sitting next to ryan kelly and mason Plumley. like that's the best part of the job and so uh the, the the relationship piece that goes with that is is part of the job and whether that's again whether it's matt jones or brennan besser or Jao for Jason Tatum, um, you know, you want to stay in touch with these guys. And when the time comes to try to get to, you know, get to Boston or maybe Dallas this year, wherever the case may be, we've gone to New Orleans, um, you know, hopefully those relationships are there where we can turn that on. And um, and then the content kind of comes naturally to us because we've done it for so long. And, and you work with the guys' schedules and what access you can get. Um but we went to Orlando uh, as well. Um, the NBA teams have become really uh, more, I think, uh, also open to it. The NBA has in general, I think, philosophically been more open to uh, like sharing content and and and, and all that. So um, that's been perfect timing for us, too. Uh, and I think a guy like Jason, uh, you know, knows us and we walk through and his the Celtics people see how he reacts to us. And he's you mentioned him. He's like so generous. So um that part's like as important as anything. And it's obviously you can imagine like, it's pretty fun too to, um, you know, be able to roll up to Orlando for a work trip and, you know, Paulo's great. And he says, yeah, come up to, 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 to the apartment and, you know, whatever you guys need, I got you. Um, you know, that's, that's, uh, he, Paulo of course, uh, can represent the brand, can speak on the brand, can speak on the Duke experience better than anyone to some of our target audiences. You know, we can come up with graphics and facts and we can say whatever we want. No one can say it better than Jason. No one can say it better than Paulo. Um, so <laughs> we recognize that. And having guys like that is kind of, I think we call that clout, right? Like that's kind of the idea. You got a rookie of the year. You got another guy who's kind of a perennial MVP candidate year in and year out. Um, that kind of just starts to speak for itself. But I think also we've seen... <laughs> And I don't know if it's like I don't credit you or, or whoever it comes from, but I think we've seen what's happened at Duke in terms of the branding, in terms of the visibility and building this thing. These guys are carrying it with them. Like we're seeing them continue to do that. I mean, um, now I know shoe deals are becoming a little more prevalent than they used to be, but there's a lot of Duke guys out there that are able to get into like that level of brand. You got a Zion, a Paolo, a Tatum, um, Kyrie, obviously with his own line and stuff like that. So it's really kind of just transformed almost. Um, and I think it starts here, right? It starts with getting these guys in, building these relationships. You know, Nick talked a lot, which was really cool about um the coaching aspect of media right of like well what kind of message do you want to send how do you want to present yourself who's your target audience like working with the players do you want to represent this brand well why you know mm -hmm. prove it to them show them why would they choose like how to get yourself out there um and i think that's unique for with what y'all do because some of these guys come in like you have a marshall Plumley on the mic or a jared mccain with the camera or a Quinn Cook, who you can just you go do your thing, dude. Like you're a vet with this, and then some other guys might need a little more of like, okay, like what is this going to look like to come out of the shell a little bit? How do you market, present yourself in this way? Um, 
how have y'all kind of grown in that way? Like, what does that look like now in terms of you have a whole team, you can really sit down and dig into relationships. Do y'all kind of section them off? Like, Nick, you got the big guys. I got the guards. You got the like, what does it look like in terms of selective relationship building when you I would assume y'all start doing this the moment they get on campus, maybe even before what, what goes into all that? Yeah, I mean, it starts during the recruiting process and when they come on the official visit and getting into their heads a little bit about like, okay, they, they, they know our brand, they know we're on TV a lot, they see our social media following, but like, what does that mean to them? Like, how do they mm-hmm. leverage that? Why is that important? Why should that be a reason they choose one school over another? It's not just about playing time or location or depth chart. Yeah, those things matter, of course, like, of course, but this one really matters and here's why. So, um we walk them through that and, you know, get their kind of wheels turning a little bit and then you go do the photo shoot and the fun stuff. But then, um, you know, then the first, the first couple of weeks they get here on campus, uh, we meet with them and the, 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 all the guys, but the freshmen in particular go through a brand survey, just have a great conversation for 30 or 40 minutes, get in their heads, see what's important to them on the brand side. Um, see how interested they are in, in, in growing their social media, see, you know, what their concerns are and, whatever. Um, and so you get to know each guy on a very personal level. Of course, like we have access to the team 24 seven, our brand hub is right next to the, you know, where we work, it's right next to the court, right next to where we have the team meals, very close to the locker room. Um, you know, we're on the trips. So you just get to know these guys and, and that's huge. The trust, uh, that goes with that. Um, so, and we're actually evolving a little bit. So, you know, in the past we would do the approach that I just, just said, and, um, you know, and then as a, as a creative team work together to figure out, you know, what type of content play fits, what story might resonate for one guy versus another, um, what guy do we want to have on the mic, whatever the case may be, we're trying to take it up a notch. Um, and maybe Nick talked about this a little bit, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're basically kind of creating almost like a curriculum where, uh, we'll, we'll, we will break the guys up where um, we'll get more into like one-on-one meetings, like consistently. So when they go on their teamworks app, which has their schedule, practice, class, all the things they do, breakfast, meals, whatever, um, you know, every couple of weeks it's meet with Dave or meet with Nick or, 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 or Nolan one-on-one. And, and, and that way I think we can really stay on top of this um, and, and educate them even more, um, you know, to your guys point, like, where they really can can take advantage of their time, whether you're for one year, two years, three years, or four. Um, and it doesn't have to be Jason Tatum and a future megastar. Um, sure. This stuff's super critical for, for all the guys. And 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 we're not obviously just leaning in on the the megastars. We we want to help all the guys and I think know how to do that. So um and that's been really good having Nick too. He 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 came in with a really good feel for it and also different perspectives um as well. Uh, younger, you know, I'm getting older. Yeah, Nick, Nick is is closer in age with the guys and has connected really well with them. So um, just having that vibe and the bond with, with the guys, like that relationship piece, is so important. Then you kind of go from there strategically to, uh, you know, to see what's what for each guy on a personalized basis. I could even argue that it's more important for the non-Jason Tatum's of the world, right? Like yeah. even regardless of what field you go into, you want to go into real estate. You're at Fakwa. You're going to do something with CEOs. You're the brand and how you market your company and how you build, especially in today's world where everyone's trying to get out from underneath the man, right? Like those things are huge and they matter. And it's 
it's a wild west out there with the portal and NIL. And there's, I would imagine for players, you know, I can't even really tap into that of being 18 and just having so much noise, just so much noise going around. You got agents, you got families, everything's just a whirlwind. I kind of asked Nick a little bit, but like how much of a bubble do you guys have over that level of control of all of that noise? Do y'all sift and filter through that? Or, you know, he kind of said that like, you know, really we kind of have to just let it in and just be in an advisory role of like, this might not be a great opportunity. You might want to be careful about how you market yourself to this audience or et cetera, et cetera. What does that look like for you in terms of not to where you want control, but at least a little bit of like, hey, God, let's make sure we're all on the same page and communicating in terms of what we're sending out here. Yeah, I and mean, that's a that's a good point. I think you know, maybe that starts in the recruiting process, too, right? Like we all want to make money. We want to maybe chase an NIL bag if that's what people want to say. But um, as fast moving as life is for these guys. Uh, you know, the, 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 the decision to go to Duke, wherever they go, it's a lifetime decision and, and our brand, right. That connects, you guys said it's, it's national, it's global. So it's helping them, um, you know, understand what's important and what's not important. These guys have agents and they have parents and they have people in their, their ear. And, and, you know, you have to be respectful of, of all the things around them. Um, you know, Rachel Baker joined our, our staff this past year. She's been an amazing resource as well to help with this and uh you know connect with some of the agents as well so it's definitely a team effort i think it's important for us like we want the most important thing forget even the 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 nitty-gritty what we're talking about like for these guys when they come to duke and they know me or they know nick or they talk to rachel like a hundred percent our only agenda is to help them no bullshit it's not like we want to make money or we want to be with them down like whatever it's like if this isn't a good de- if, if this isn't a good deal, we'll tell you or whatever. If this isn't a great social media post, we'll tell you. Um, and and again to build that trust. And and you know some guys have leaned in on it more, and and some guys are not as focused on any of this at all, which is totally fine. Which you know we get to understand as well as we go through the process. Um, but I think just just having like the resources that we have, having my position, having Nick, having Rachel, Noel, and like there's this whole team within the team that really no one in in like men's college basketball has and uh you know we we take a lot of pride a lot of time into um helping the guys like navigate i think that's that's one thing that maybe the casual fan doesn't appreciate although you guys mentioned so you guys get it um for sure here but um these guys are just just college kids there's so much pressure right there's mock drafts there's pressure to make as much money as you as you can when you're in college or whatever um the, all, all the things and and like they're just kids and so you know they gotta have good time management and be able to focus and and lock in and and on what's important and 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 have sort of a a great support staff a support group around them to uh to do that yeah i was doing dumb stuff for free at like 18 you know <laughs> like i couldn't imagine you throwing six figures my way some of the decisions that might just happen and very hard to just not that the guys aren't mature or anything like that but the noise could, I would imagine at times, be a little overwhelming. You're getting stretched, you're getting pulled. And um, it's just a lot to manage, you know, in terms of, uh, I think, you know, John might have talked about it when we had him on. I know kind of Kay had referenced it in the past of it's it's almost like Fortune 500 at this point, right? Like this is like a corporation. We have to look at it from a business model because if not, you know, the programs that don't, I think you're going to get left behind, you know, I mean, 
um, the way the portal is and not just for college basketball, but just in, across college athletics. Um, we've had a lot of coaches come out talking about it. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of realignment kind of stuff floating around. And, um, you know, most of that, I think, is been driven or funneled through a football perspective, but it's certainly going to impact just the universities and just college sports in general. So for you guys, has, have y'all had conversations about that? Like, obviously, there's certain things you probably can't share with this, but like, what's the DEF CON level like on that? Like, what what is kind of happening behind the scenes of maybe preparing for that or at least kind of not getting caught in the dark? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those a lot of those combos obviously happen way, way over my head, but everyone's in tune to it. You can't help but be in tune to it. It's, 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 uh, it's super unsettling for sure. Um, you know, it's, I would say, and again, my opinion is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for anybody or whatever, but, um, it's certainly, it's, I guess it's, it's frustrating to see, I think over the time that, you know, my whole career here really, um, there's been a, a, a leadership gap, I think I'd say. Um, and Coach Kay's mentioned this too. I think, um, you know, you wish there was kind of more collaboration. You wish the the, the leadership around college sports and, and, and college basketball were people that had a little bit more skin in the game. That hasn't been the case. Um, you know, Jay Billis, Coach K have, have mentioned this too. So, um, and then, and then the athletes have never really had a great seat at the table mm-hmm. um, to, to, to kind of speak for 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 their viewpoint and what's important to them of course on the pro side nba there's a very powerful players union like there's nothing like that um you know so like we're this fundamental question like we all get it like money's important we need money and 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 college football and whatever um brings in a ton of money to help everybody but there's like a fundamental question here of like at some point um the athlete experience whether it's you know basketball, football, or women's soccer, or rowing, whatever the case may be, like that has to be accounted for. And I don't know that it has been. So, um, I guess my perspective is that's one. It's been kind of unsettling and a little bit frustrating. Um, you know, like you guys said, we could wake up tomorrow and the Saudis have decided to fund some whatever, and it like I don't think that's going to happen. But like if it did, we wouldn't be like sh- like completely floored. Um, it's crazy. Like Stanford's been left out, right? We all look at Stanford. At least I look at Stanford as, I mean, I maybe would have gone to Stanford. It wasn't so far away if they were prestigious. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they set the standard. They're one of the ones that like they set the standard and, and whatever. And they're right now, like they're left uh, without a seat at the table. So um, that that's crazy. Um, the other piece for me being a basketball guy um, that's, that's frustrating. I think, uh, it's it's everyone always for Duke. Everyone always talks about football. Of course, we want Duke football to be great. Like Coach Elko, first year, like super super encouraging. Um, but for the Blue Bloods, the Dukes, the UNCs, the Kentuckys, the Kansases, um, and I have access to a lot of this data through Nielsen. I mentioned on the front end, and we use some of it in recruiting and for storytelling and all that. But um, there, there's still really 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 good value, uh, brand value generated through the exposure on the TV and social media side. Um, through through men's basketball. So um, I think Duke, again, I'm not trying to blow up the ACC or anything like that or whatever, but um, a Duke, like Duke, Duke has a good, has a good position here, in my opinion. You know, we, 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 of course, we're like a, a really strong brand. Maybe we see with Stanford that people don't care about that. I think they should. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I put out on my own Twitter at one point and the tweet like blew up and it's gotten like 300,000 impressions, which has gone crazy. But it was some Nielsen data that I had pulled and it was like brand value generated through TV and, and social media over the last two years and football and men's basketball combined. And Duke was third in the ACC. Um, and, and I think ACC being a basketball conference that can get lost to like the, the money on the football and basketball side was pretty close. So, um, you know, there, there's more value in, in basketball than I think people realize, uh, you know, I think nine of the 20 most viewed ACC games, all sports of the past two years included Duke or UNC men's basketball, um, that included bowls and all that. So, um, it's also interesting, like the, the Duke UNC angle here, right? there's tremendous value in that rivalry. Yeah. Like we, we get almost 3 million viewers uh, every time, every time they play, whether they're one or two in the country, 10 and unranked, whatever, you know, game one of the Stanley cup, I think was like 2.8 million. Um, the, I looked up uh, 31 non new year, six college, ba- uh, college football bowls, two and a half million average viewers. So Big numbers, Duke UNC. There's a lot to like on the basketball side. I hope that doesn't get lost to get on the basketball guys. So maybe I'm biased, but um, that's always in my mind too when I see like football, football, football again. I get it, like football, Duke football, love it. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's a piece here for for basketball and certainly um, Duke basketball being uh, you know a big driver for 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 Duke. I would hope there's a big piece. We talked on our pod a little bit of. We don't want to be like Louisville and Kentucky. Like we don't want to be playing a meaningless game in MSG yeah, in December, them. right? We, this this one means something. It means more. Like whatever happens, I hope that it's a package deal at some point. Like what, whether it's staying. Obviously, being kind of you know, I'm in my mid 30s, so it's all that I've known is ACC and basketball, and it's just that's what we do here in North Carolina. So I'm hoping that it's there. I think, and I won't ask you to comment on this because I don't know all of this stuff, but I would imagine there's a lot of frustration too. You mentioned the leadership of not only like who all is at the table, but like what are our parameters here? Like what's even just like the NIL stuff and everything else. Like, you know, we're, we're seeing reports and we, we hear about all of the stuff going around, but then somehow like we can't really have an event in Chicago for whatever reason, right? Like there, there's there doesn't really seem to be parameters except for like when it's, randomly convenient for somebody I don't, I don't know like i would imagine that also creates frustration in terms of how do we build our image like what is our vision what is our mission going to be when there's so much uncertainty around it and that it could shift and change and um you know i would imagine that would be somewhat frustrating for you guys too just to kind of like what's happening here um i keep waking every day just to see you know Okay, for NCAA president here, like we need someone in here to like before we just lose it all because, you know, maybe I'm a little bit pessimistic, but it seems to be where we're at. Like it could be very careful of things could fly off the rails here and maybe not so much regarding Duke, but a lot of these other programs, some mid-majors, some some D1 schools that, you know, aren't super profitable, like they could just get kind of left behind here. I mean, you mentioned Stanford, who's one of the best universities in the country, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to not really be involved in that or to only be looking at it from a very singular perspective, um, you know, seems to be the wrong way to do it. But again, you know, what do I know? I'm not in these rooms. I'm not in these conversations. But I would just imagine for y'all and for Duke in general that it creates a little bit of a maybe anxiety or frustration just around, you know, where, where's the sport going in general here? Um, yeah, I don't know. Dark yeah. times, man. 
Yeah, no doubt. I think, and again, it goes back to, I think, you know, the leadership piece, right? Like I think we're all for some, like NIL, we're all for players getting great brand deals and leveraging their name, image, and likeness. But like, I still remember the, the day that this all flipped, like the day before, like no one knew what the rules were going to be. And, and, and since then, uh, it, it's been ever changing. And, uh, you know, there's been more change in the sport in that time period than there has been in the previous whatever. 50 like the history of the sport so um you got to be really nimble and 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 and, but you also like want to follow the rules you got to understand what the rules are and um these involve like you know it's like because it's so important it's so important recruiting to it's important to these athletes like it, it involves significant resources and strategy on the on the university side um so and collaboration as well you can't just be like okay dave and the creative team whatever right? It's compliance, it's university presidents, the athletic director, it's the uh, marketing folks, it's the agents, it's the athletes. It's like all these people needing to work together, um, you know, with rules that have been ever changing on it. So, um, and and certainly, you know, at this point, you have to say, be naive to say, like, it, it, it doesn't matter, of course it matters. Mm-hmm. And the, the programs and the athletic departments that are getting out in front of it as much as they can, like, you know, it'll, it'll benefit them, but, uh, it's certainly, certainly been interesting, certainly challenging, you know, the Stanford piece, all of it sort of ties together. Uh, you know, for me, like the reason why I think I'm still like doing this, right. It's like, it, at some point, like, of course, like sexy, big stage, like we love the game, but it's like, we're in the kid business. You love to see these guys come in and grow and, and, and whatever. And, um, and maybe that's getting a little bit lost here. <laughs> And it shouldn't, I mean, it, it like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like completely ignored. Like that's the point of college broadly. Right. And, and certainly um, our sport. So it's uh, been, been a little bit discouraging, but uh, you know, not giving up on it. And, you know, who knows the stuff changes so fast. Um, any, anything can happen here. And, 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 and all that said, like, you got to work with what you got now and try to stay out in front. And, you know, I think we're, we're trying to do that too, for sure. Yeah, it, it makes every, I would imagine it makes everything like reactionary, which is what most people don't really like to be. And I talk about a lot like the difference between being able to respond versus react. If I'm reacting, then I'm just basically you're dictating, you know, like you're in charge and I'm just kind of over here in my own space. That's not a great place and a great feeling to be in, I would imagine, too, where we have to react to all of these unknown pieces in this constant kind of evolutionary process here that that the sport's going under um but uh either way you know we won't that's a whole podcast in itself there probably but uh i've taken too much of your time already dave um as we get ready to get out of here any kind of funny story or any kind of funny player um experience from this year's group of guys uh so far i know you all had the trip to chicago um a lot of kind of summer workout videos y'all been putting up um what stands out to you about this group yeah, I'll give you guys kind of the two things that stand out for me the most. It may not be like a specific story, um, but but and, and I think really, 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 really encouraging. So we, we talked about a few things we're frustrated about. So here's the first one. I think we all we all saw this and, and appreciated it, but maybe it hasn't it hasn't been talked about enough. But um, within the first week of the offseason, right, you get Mark Tyrese and Flip and Flip was back the whole time. Pretty much it was he had a hip surgery and all these things. So we didn't put it out right away. But those guys came back um, 
you know, on their own, easy decision. It wasn't like chasing some big bag or whatever. Like they want to grow and come back and elevate their stock. And they had an amazing experience. That speaks amazing of Coach Shire and the staff that they, you know, right back. And then since that day to see, you know, see those three um, in particular, um, you know, like come back as sophomores and be more of a leader and uh, be excited to, uh, you know, ha- have everything come together. That's been that's been super encouraging. And then the, the next thing I'd say, again, not like a specific story, um, and the, for the four freshmen, these guys are like goofballs and amazing personalities and they make you laugh. But I haven't seen a more focused group of these guys come in and, you know, we were, we were actually playing. We got into like a bit of a pickleball kick. And so Jared's brother, Jace, is a GA now and, and has been around a great, great dude. And so Jace got into it and it was like a few mornings we're trying to get it in early, you know, before it gets too hot and you don't want to be playing pickleball day. We got work to do. And I kept hitting him and he was like, yeah, we're working out, working out, working out. Like these guys are going in at like six in the morning, Monday to Friday, and, and, and like the freshmen just like grinding on it. And so, you know, you see the TikTok videos and the goofy, whatever. Um, and then and then to see like quality of work, uh, you know, they're, that they're putting in the, the, like the level of workout. Um, you know, it's like really advanced stuff that I hadn't seen from, from that young of a group. And, 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 uh, so those guys, I think fan Duke fans will love, will love them. And, and, uh, and I think that's, it's rubbed off on the group, not say the other guys aren't working hard, um, but it's a focus group. So we've, you've seen the good vibes on social media. We had a great pitch Chicago. These guys are dancing and having a great time. We're going to show that, but they're focused they want to win and, uh, and they're together. So uh that's all that's all that we can ask for and that's like super exciting so um yeah. i'll leave you guys with that i i got a just one we we've talked about you know how great marshall quinn uh even emil some of these guys have been in front of the camera over the years is there one guy that was like you had to get him out of his shell just really shy camera shy one guy that you can think of I, I don't know why I think of Justin Robinson, like first thing in my head about just, you know, maybe not wanting to be out in front of the camera some, but anybody in particular. Yeah. I think I would say more like when the guys don't want to do it as much, you kind of like lean away from the guys that don't want to do it as much. And maybe you find sure. another way to tell their story. Okay. Brandon Ingram was probably like the quietest guy that makes sense. We've had. Yeah. So like we went to Kinston and did a long form story on BI similar to lively. We, and we, again, we've gotten way better, I think in our production level, but um, I don't know that we always like, like force it on guys. And then we had so many like one and done guys too, where it'd be like maybe a progression, but if a guy's gone, you know, there's not necessarily like the time. Sure. Uh, so I have to think about that more, but I would say we don't like, we're like, very like intentional about not forcing it if it's not something that they that they really love gotcha yeah i don't see too much of a problem with this group though all of these guys seem to be very kind of um open to that right they seem very comfortable engaging and talking and now i think some of that has to do with when you return a collective of talent like that we haven't seen that we've had one guy come back you have one or two guys come back you know, even last year, you know, Roach and, and to a small extent, Jalen had to kind of carry that torch by themselves. When you got four, you know, I'll say four returning starters doing that, the tone is just already there, right? It's not one guy versus 11 or, or trying to get everybody up to speed. It's, you know, hey, this is Duke. This is the culture. This is who we are. Um, so I think 
on, I'll speak for us because we talked about it. I think that's been such a refreshing thing to have. We've almost kind of um, forgotten what that tasted like a little bit to have a hunger, a collective hunger come back to say, hey, you know, we've we've had struggles. We've had big moments. We've won 10 straight and then saw how quickly it can just mm-hmm. boom in the second round. Right. Like this you bring that back and you start to have something i think you probably have to go back to 2016 17 of when we returned such a big core mm-hmm. um obviously that team brought in a huge class but then you know we just riddled with injuries we i don't think we had a full team until february it was just very hard to get that to work um but even then we saw that team what they could do over the stretch down the stretch and maybe if you know, some of the the higher the higher ups don't get all worked up about certain bills and legislation. We're not playing a game in South Carolina against South Carolina as a seven seed. Not salty. Don't not mad at all about that. But uh, anyway, that's another story for a different day. Dave, we really appreciate your time here, man. Sorry for keeping you too too long. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything that's going on, or anything that they can look forward to in terms of uh, some future content? Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. No, I, first of all, maybe I said this last time, but. Um, yeah, I mentioned one of the best parts about the, the job is, is the evolution of the guys and getting to know them and staying in touch. The other piece is, you know, we have a, an amazing, an amazing fan base and uh, the, the engagement, the likes, the follows, the views, all that helps the pro positive tweets, tweets that recruits stuff that you think doesn't matter. All of it adds up. So uh, we're grateful for for uh, for the for the Duke Nation, the fan base out there. Um, it's definitely one of one. You see it uh, on the road. You see it at the neutral sites. You see it. You see it at, at the crib at Cameron. So um, broadly, always got to shout out uh, Duke fans. Um, you know, stay tuned. Stay stay tuned. To everything we got coming. The podcast. I know you guys talked to Nolan. We're trying to get that off the ground. So people want to uh, tune in there. If I could say one thing, give the podcast a follow. Uh, listen, give it a chance. Um, we're going to keep those rolling. Nolan's done a great job on it, trying to get the current guys, the former guys looped it, having some really interesting combos. So um, I'll say that. Yeah. Phenomenal job on the podcast. Yeah, the one with Theo was great. Quinn was great. I kind of plugged Nolan a little bit and trying to jab and trying to, I'd love to see the Jones brothers together on one, like just maybe as the, as a future kind of wish list there. Um, but yeah, some great guests already. I mean, Wojo starting it out, just, you know, heavy hitters. Um, so yeah, y'all go check that out on YouTube, anywhere you find your podcast, you can, you know, Duke basketball on YouTube. Um, so we'll, we'll plug all that stuff and put it in the description. Dave, again, appreciate it. Thanks for helping set all this up. Um, you know, great work, you know, keep up what y'all are doing and, uh, yeah, we'll get out of here, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, bud. Take care. All right. Well, we want to thank uh, Nolan, Nick, and Dave again for coming on. Really appreciate it for their time. Um, you know, we really were trying to hope, obviously, we did these in s- small installments here, um, but hopefully you were able to get a little bit of a, an inside view of what their creative process looks like, what goes into the marketing, the branding, and all of the content they're putting out. Um, you know, as I'll speak for us on the pod, we've, we've been huge fans of Dave's work and what he's done. I don't think there's any other program that comes close to putting out the stuff that they do, uh, especially in terms of visibility and what we're able to see with these guys, the top plays, the scrimmages. It's easy to take that stuff uh, for granted there. So super appreciative of them. Um, looking forward to some more great content on their end. 
Um, you know, in the meantime, you can uh, rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. You can find us on the boards at thedevilsden.com. Find us on Twitter at devilsdenpod247. Um, so, you know, wherever, wherever you find your pods, you can find us Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you go check out the John Shire pod and the Mark Mitchell pod over the summer. We've had some pretty great guests. We got another big one lined up, another repeat guest. Um, so I'll tease that a little bit, hopefully get that out there in the next week or two for you guys as well. Um, you know, in the meantime, you know, stay out of that heat and keep the faces strong and the verb high. Go Duke.